Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wiggs, where's my trophy? Are you mouthing words or are you actually speaking? Not mouthing words. Uh, your trophy is going to be sent tomorrow. Last week, uh, I was going to take it to the uh, mailbox on Thursday, but then my Thursday meeting got canceled and I forgot to do it. I can't hear a word you're saying. Angus, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Can you Angus, hear Angus, are you on? Is, he, is Angus speaking? Okay. So yeah. It's, it's my headphones. Hang on. Uh, and we're still doing trophy or uh, jersey. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, send it to me. What? Send it to me. Okay, cool. I'm a man of my bird. Like I'm not like I'm not gonna like filter this. <laughs> What's going it's on? It's like Michigan State lost. Like I, I am going to pay my debts here. <laughs> a twig's always pays his debts. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. Can you hear us? So, yeah, I, just, I took out my headphones. So, okay. so are you uh, are you officially okay with being a Lannister? Is that what I'm hearing? Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A surprisingly upbeat version of the Touchline Media Group, given what happened this morning, because despite a Spurs loss, um, I am in a good mood because A, the Lions won, and B, I am humiliating Stumpy in fantasy football, which is all that matters, truly. Yeah, that's I, <laughs> Wait, was your Wait, uh, was your week also over by the end of the, the one o'clock games? Yes. yes. Nice. Same. Um, because I, my team is completely done and I'm losing. Yes. So, uh, unless, unless Geno Smith now throws six picks, which I would assume that Pete Carroll would pull him somewhere before the sixth pick. Give or t- yeah, right. You, it, you so. know that, you know, that's always possible with Geno Smith. It, this, it's this possible. All, this is all just a bunch of, a, this is just a mirage for him. Um, I don't think it is. I really think that a coat like, it's coaching malpractice to leave him in for six picks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even though he's having like a bad game right now, like he's got like seven points in the first half, but um, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Um, also, I, I, I feel like Devonte Adams having a big, a big first half made this all academic very early. Um, yes. But anyways, I'm your host, Asa, AKA the twig. You've uh, already heard from both my co-hosts, Napoleon Gregg, AKA the stump, as well as nerd Angus. Um, we are here to talk to you. This episode is brought to you by Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Air decides to put in, Paramount Plus, and we, I, I, I swear to God, we're going to keep talking to PBR until you sponsor us. So, like, that's, that's, that's your mentions, not mine. Um, I feel like we should neg them at this point. You're not that good. I would never. No, I would, I would, yeah, I would never, I would never have. Uh, Diddy Light. <laughs> so um so we're here to talk uh to 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 talk football um so i want to open actually 
instead of our normal cadence of, of um, going chronologically, I do want to open with um, the lions because something happened today that I have never seen happen in my, in my time as a lions quote fan unquote, which is that an opposing quarterback had the ball with two minutes left um, driving to win the game and the lions didn't lose. Um, They tried really hard hard to tried really hard to lose. But I like like is this is this, what do you guys think is this is this a, a a new era of Lions football or was Aaron Rodgers just stoned? Did you actually watch the game from no. California? I watched zero <laughs> minutes of this game. I Dang. got a text. I, I, I got a text. Uh, I, I was with um, a friend's parents, and he text. He got a text that said, "How are the Lions going to blow this one?" And then, oh my god, oh my god, and what a miracle! So then we assumed what had happened. Yeah. Um. I mean, I watched Dumped the fourth quarter. That was the it was the Fox game of the week. Really? What the Why? hell kind of week was it? Well, yeah, yeah it's like it's like like what are you going to watch? Jets Bills? Turned out to be very. Which good. Which was a good game. That was I a good game. That. I understand. That's that. a CBS game. Yeah. It's, oh. it's AFC. Oh, so who, what was what would have been like? What were your other options for Fox game of the week? Uh, Falcons Chargers. Yeah. yeah, right. Like you're going to watch Falcons Chargers. Vikings commanders probably is the answer. Uh, yeah. 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 That's probably the answer. Oh, Bengals Panthers. That turned out to be not so much of a game. Which was um, also very, that was very much an academic. <laughs> guess, who has, guess who has Joe Mixon and two thumbs? This uh, guy. Someone who doesn't care about the moral nature of the players who he drafts in fantasy football. I don't know if you, I'm sure there's somebody on your roster who has had. Legally. I mean, Devontae Adams, as previously mentioned. What did he do? Pushed a photographer. Oh, yeah, but that's still uh, not. Well, that's just diva. That's better than punching a woman in the face. True, true. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Um, let's, let's, let's look at, at some of the players I have on my roster currently. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good, I think. Uh, has Stefan Diggs done anything? Uh no, he's just a he's a bad womanizer, but that's about it. But I mean, oh right, like that was the joke. Like, like the which Vikings. of the boys, yeah, which of the Vikings? Who would you not want to date your sister? Diggs, 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 and then he goes to Stefan Diggs. They the all said, I do. <laughs> "No, the best one, the best one is still uh, Dalvin Cook because they asked him, and he's like, what kind of stupid question is it?' It's Diggs. Diggs. <laughs> <laughs> you literally see the light bulb go off in his head. He's like, no, 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 it's Diggs, it's Diggs, it's Diggs." Um, so, uh, but anyways, so, uh, shout out to the lions for going two and six and ensuring that they don't get CJ Stroud, um, which leads us to, uh, before, again, before we're going to talk Michigan, Michigan state, we have to talk Heisman watch because, um, some things happened that were weird yesterday, right? Like, like, were, some, were they weird? I don't were know. Weird? I don't know. I, I guess like it's two, I mean, two top 10 teams lost yeah, yeah. two other I, top 10 teams on the road. The entire Heisman list sucking is kind of weird all in the same weekend. There's like, except, except Blake Corum. No, except Drake may Drake, Drake may have a better than game than Blake Corum against a better opponent. Drake may might be the front runner for the Heisman right now, which is so weird. Like, although I guess like UNC try hard, UNC Tryhard wins player of the year in a year that they lose in the first round of the playoff is um, Tyler Hansborough's resume. Yes. <laughs> Give or take, uh, or, or the other one who they just had, who was the same dude. What was his name? It's the same. Uh, I think his name is also Derek. It's not Derek. Uh, it's, it's like Luke May or something. I think yeah. it's Luke May. Um, so, yeah, no, no. I, I look. I, I, I said it in the group chat. I actually think Hendon Hooker, despite getting humiliated by or uh, by Georgia, um, I think that Tennessee is going to go eleven and one and going to end up ranked in the top four and go to the playoff. And he's going to have video game numbers outside of one time where he had to go up against Georgia, and everybody's going to give it to him. Like Hooker or Knicks, because this applies for both. Yeah, no, no. Hooker or Knicks, it doesn't matter. Pick one. Um, uh, also, very. It's very funny that you chose Luke May. Uh, Drake May's older brother. Oh, yes, right. They were related. I did not know that. Um, I didn't either, but like, I probably could have figured that out. Also, Luke okay. drafted Wait. in 2019. Stop. He was drafted in 2019. He's already in the Spanish league. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can give it to Hooker after yesterday. 
he Why was not? like capital B bad. Like, yeah. like which is it doesn't, it doesn't matter yesterday that Hooker's now off the Heisman list. I mean, here's here's why I think he's not. Here's why I think he's not. Because I think that the, the Heisman Trust is going to say to themselves, what Heisman candidate going up against Georgia's defense would have a good day? And the answer is none of them. Blake Corum would what? be held for 50 yards on, on, on 23 carries. Like, I don't care who it is. Like, nobody's going to have a good time against Georgia's defense because we're now on year two of nobody having a good game against Georgia's defense. Well, I mean, the bigger argument is that we have a solid, what, three week, three weeks, four weeks? We have a solid month left for Hooker to just ball out and make everybody forget that Georgia made him look that bad. I mean, and but also, again, Georgia makes everybody look bad. Like, right. It's also the argument for Bo Nix. Like Bo Nix did that in his first game, made sure everybody's going to forget that by the time we get to thir- game 13. Right. And also like, if you look at it, um, who was the last player who had a good game against Georgia's defense? And the answer, if you're wondering is Bryce Young who won a Heisman. So like if, if, if the standard is has to have a good day against Georgia's defense, then I think your answer is going to be um, who like CJ Stroud, maybe. Yeah. Also, Angus, uh, Blake Corum did not have as good of a game as you probably think he did. I mean, his... I mean I, I, he didn't. He didn't do as well as like we're accustomed to, but he did fine against Rutgers. But also, I mean... over over forty five percent of his yards came on one carry. Otherwise, he's looking at a nineteen for sixty day, which is uh, not great. I mean, the thing is with Corum, like you, it's, it's hard to do that because so much of his game is those home runs. Yeah. And, and also I, Harbaugh was keeping him out of the game for big chunks at a time. Uh, He he also like kept out, I I don't know, five, six players who had quote unquote injuries, um, like players who could have, could have played. I, I don't know. Like he did fine, but I, I would be if, – if I saw the snap count for the second half, I'd be shocked if he was over 10, maybe. I mean, the fact of the matter is is that you can, you, you can only judge people based on the game they had against the opponents they had. The fact of the yeah. matter is, is that Blake Corum had a pedestrian day against Rutgers. And so, like, look, is, is Shiano Rutgers the same as Chris Ash Rutgers? No. Or Kyle Flood Rutgers? No. But it's still Rutgers. And, and Blake Corum did not have a good day against Rutgers. Well, here's the other question. It was fine day. It was fine. fine. He fine had, but he you had can't be just fine against Rutgers. Okay. Very okay. But here's the here's the better question. Is uh Blake Corum's Heisman, you know, potential hurt by the fact that Donovan Edwards is basically keeping pace with him and is sometimes outpacing him? Which to me says when that has he outpaced him except for yesterday, and that was only a product of Harbaugh not wanting to run Corum into the ground. Michigan State? He did not outpace him at Michigan State. Hmm. It's a matter of opinion. I I mean, I'm not in front of a computer, but no, like he absolutely did not. Um, uh, No, he did not. Corum had a much better day. Um, But the the thing is, is that regardless of of, um, relatively unrepentant anti-Semites having similar numbers against Rutgers, Penn State, um, the game that Berger was actually at. Oh, right. Well, that was a thing that happened. But look, I'm, my thing with Corum is that the only way that Corum wins the Heisman is if he has ridiculous numbers and beats Ohio State. And right now he has very, very good numbers and might beat Ohio State. So he's he's in the conversation. I'm not saying he's not in the conversation. He's, he's going. But Yeah, he's going to go to New York. Right. Well, because he plays for Michigan, um, because yeah. they love their narratives. It has very little to do with the player. Um, I'm, no, I'm, I'm this, not going to give not, up on last year's. <laughs> yeah, this is not last year. Blake Corum deserves to, this is the same, like, this is going to be very funny because Michigan fans are going to spend all of November arguing that Blake Corum should win and should be invited uh, while completely ignoring the irony that those exact same arguments applied to Kenny Walker last year. And they're all like, more no. so, more so. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. So I don't. I don't think the online Michigan fan is going to ignore it. I think that they'll be like, "Ha ha ha!" Kenny Walker definitely deserves to be there because he was Michigan State's entire team last year. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll that, get that's, to why that's. I mean, yeah. anyways, the, the fact of the matter is, 
Right. But like, the thing is, is that Corum, Corum has one more get like, like sort of easy game and, and Michigan has just a horrendous schedule from a, from a difficulty perspective. Um, and I'm including Michigan state in that because Michigan state's bad, but like Michigan, uh, Corum has Nebraska next week fighting for their lives, which Michigan will win by 30. But beyond, after that, they get an Illinois team that has by most statistical metrics, a very, very good defense. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, and then Ohio State. So Corum, Corum's in the conversation, but I don't know that Hendon Hooker is out of the conversation. I think Stetson Bennett is not in the conversation, but will be as Georgia becomes the undisputed number one. Um, I think that Max Duggan is going to start getting shouts because of the whole, like the, the Carl Malone argument, the why wouldn't he be part of it? And and he should, to be to be fair. I mean, it's, yeah, that's not being very fair to Max Duggan. He's had a very good year. His team is 9-0. and Max Duggan should be in the conversation. And he also, like, even when, you know, he doesn't play very well, he still puts up good numbers. I mean, th- that offense is very, very effective. And he is the quarterback of an undefeated Power 5 team um, and the trigger man of a, of a high-flying offense. Like, he should be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now, right now, I think your your top four or your top five in some order has to be um, Hooker, Duggan, May, Corum, and uh, Stroud. Um, Bryce Young, while being a magician, like the fact of the matter is, is that he is playing for a team that has a lot of narrative against him. Um, and look, all Alabama has done is lose two top 10 games on the road. Like, that's really hard to win those games. And we're just, just because it's Bama, we're so used to like, holding them to the standard that is so unreasonable. But um, like Bryce Young's Alabama team has lost two top 10 games on the road. That's like, and like the narrative surrounding it is like, is the sky falling, which is so weird and so specific to Alabama, but. I don't even um, know if Stroud's still in the conversation. He is. It was, it was horrendous weather yesterday. Like I, he's still in the conversation. Um, Man, how many times is that guy going to use that excuse? Twice. Once this is the only time he's twice. used it. Twice. It's, it's it's once this year and once last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he, he only had a hundred and was one hundred and fifty three total yards yesterday, total, and no touchdowns. But he also didn't turn the ball over. So yeah, I mean, look, like he, he they they were playing Northwestern. Like the job, it, it's remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about why JJ McCarthy had a great day against Iowa was because he understood job number one was don't turn the ball over because their offense isn't going to be able to do jack shit. So here's the really funny thing. Do you know what the two worst games CJ Stroud's played so far this year are? Northwestern and Iowa? No, Rutgers. Yeah, so it's 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 putting a restrictor plate on, don't make mistakes, get through the day. Um, yeah, he so, was pretty bad against Rutgers too. Yeah, so I mean, look, like he has, he has two very easy games coming up. Um, and, and then he's got Michigan. So look, like anything, it's, it's going to be about how he plays in that game because that game is going to set so many narratives. It's the, like the featured Fox game. It's always featured the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Like it's, it's, it'll be the biggest game in the country that day because the iron bolt doesn't matter anymore. Um, and so like, it'll be pretty straightforward. Um, oh, iron balls usually on the Friday, Never mind. But the, the point is, is that like in that game that will determine which of Corum and or Stroud you know, has better, better argument because so much of this is about narrative and not who's actually the best player in college football, because if it was, who is the best player in college football, it's Will Anderson for the last two years. Um, uh, it's also, if I remember correctly, I think that might be Texas. Is that Texas Tex- TCU? Uh, do they, pl- I think they play on Friday. Oh, do they? Okay. I think so. Um, so anyways, just to, I, I guess we can, we can talk Michigan right now. Um, but I mean, it was funny for a half, and then Rutgers remembered it was Rutgers. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was funny for I, – I mean, I wasn't, like, watching the game from a, I don't know, tactical perspective. I, I'm sure Shiana was doing something college crappy weird in the no, first half. Michigan and then, is just, no, Michigan just – if you look at the stats, Michigan is a very bad first-half team. Yeah, I, uh, I think what yeah. it is, it's, it's – Harbaugh comes out not prepared. He gets, you know – thoroughly outcoached in pretty much every first half this year. And then they go into the halftime and they're like, okay, this is what the other team's doing. This is how we stop it. And then they beat the brakes off whoever it is in the second half. It's happened. Usually uh, the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's, I mean, yes, it's being unprepared. I think it's also just not respecting the opponents. 
That's possible, what it is. but but that's, that is also that's, being unprepared. Yeah, the intent. That's what I. Which, that's what I just said. It's it is being unprepared, but it's also just like not respecting the opponent. And I th- I think the thing is is that this is the third game in the last four for Michigan, where no third in the last three, no third in the last four four in the last four. I mean, the last four games, Michigan has played bad in the first half. Um, Penn State, Michigan uh, State, this one, they, and they didn't play Indiana. bad against Mich- against Penn State. They had two fluky plays, that and is- then and then JJ uncharacter uncharacteristically missed one pass. It would have been a touchdown, and that, without those plays, and then and so then, and then mi- three out of four. and then making. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, um, fine. but it's still no. You still don't really get credit for it because you did go into half down to Penn State, right? right? So 17-14. It was 16 16-14. Yeah. 16-14 and then Penn State got a, a field goal in the first drive. Um, and then they sucked. And then they sucked. Um, but look, the fact of the matter is, is that this this is now the book on Michigan, which is that they come out flat. Um, and regardless of why, and I'm not really all that interested in why. Um, like if you look at Michigan's the rest of the way, it doesn't matter against Illinois because Illinois is not going to pull away from you. Even if you do have a shitty first half, it's not going to matter against uh, who, who's next Nebraska. Cause Nebraska, Nebraska is terrible. Um, but against, against Ohio state, it's a problem because Ohio state can beat the brakes off of you quickly. Um, but that's the thing. I don't think, I, I mean, I, I don't think that that would happen against Ohio state. Maybe. I mean, I don't think so either. We have but, what, seven or eight years worth of Harbaugh to say that it probably is what's going to happen against Ohio State. Well, it, it won't be no, because no, they don't no, 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 no. That that isn't what Harbaugh does against Ohio State. That these he game plans very specifically for Ohio State. No, he doesn't. Um, That's like the big critique he, of Harbaugh against Ohio State is that he treats it like it's any other game, and then he gets his ass kicked. And then last year, he finally treated it like it's a rivalry game. He brought out things that he hadn't done in the first eleven games, and he won one. That that is not true at all. That is one of the major narratives of Harbaugh's time at Michigan is he treats Ohio State like it's any other – he treats Ohio State and he treats Michigan State like it's any other game. He does not specifically game plan for them. He does not save things for them. All he does is he goes out and then he gets his ass kicked. That was the book on him. That was yeah. the book on him until last year. Right. Um, and and I, you could say – you could yeah, say Yeah, I think that's it, like it pretty reductive. I – it's uh, not reductive. Go look, dude. Go look at all the games. We're, go look we're, at what Harbaugh said. That's not reductive. He can literally you, said, I want him? to be this, is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think I think for a couple years in a row against Urban, he got blown out because Six years in a row. Like, Sorry, uh, go ahead. he got blown out because like the Don Brown's defense just did not match what Urban Meyer was doing. Uh, the the year the the year with the with the one inch spot, Harbaugh had a great game plan. The year for John O'Corn, he had a great game plan. Uh, I yeah, I, I just I don't think that that is true whatsoever. Look, let's 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 focus on on the reality of the situation. Michigan has three games left. They have played to this point nine games, and of those nine games, one of them has been against a team that's currently or was ranked at the time or is currently ranked. Um, two out of the last three are against teams that are currently ranked. Um, mm-hmm. One of them is Ohio State. One of them is Illinois. Jim um, Harbaugh, quote from 2017. I know they're our rival, but we want to treat it like it's any other game. I mean, that's that's a quote. Yeah, that's coach speak, man. <laughs> I don't know. See, like the thing is you can't use that. You can't use that for, for Ohio State and Michigan or Michigan, Michigan State because we have – Decades you, also can't of- say, you also can't say Jim Harbaugh is using coach speak because the only thing Jim Harbaugh speaks and thinks is coach speak. That's not also- like him putting on airs. That's who he is. He is an insane person. Well, and, and also like the fact of the matter is with, with Harbaugh, like Harbaugh is not one to like hide what he's saying, right? Like he, he said that we like, he, he basically gave us like a, we have hurricanes because of abortions quote. So I'm not going to give him a whole bunch of credit for like, ah, he's keeping the lion in the cage. He's not, he's not Mel Tucker, right. Who like does not say anything about anybody ever. Right. He's much closer to like the D'Antonio end of the spectrum where it's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll say what I want. Um, that's your one F word for the episode. Uh yeah. Saban, Saban, sort of the same thing. So like, I, look, in, in terms of Michigan and in terms of what we're looking at for this team tactically and what the, we're, we're expecting for the last two games, the fact of the matter is, A, um, 
next week they're going to blow the brakes off of, of Nebraska because Nebraska is terrible. And then you've got an, an Illinois game that I actually think will be interesting. Not because I think Michigan will lose or it'll even be close because I don't. But I think it'll be very interesting that Michigan will have to, if Michigan has to come out of their shell, right? Like they haven't really had to yet against Michigan state, maybe a little bit, but not really. And so the, the question is, is that is it goes back to can JJ McCarthy beat folks? And we, we, we think the answer is yes, but against Rutgers, he, he, he what completed 48% of his passes. Uh, is that right? Yes. I, I don't think that's right. He went 13 for 27. Yes, it is correct. Huh. Um, so like, like, and, and again, I think JJ McCarthy is good. I think that he's probably the second best quarterback in the big 10, which is more an indictment of the big 10 right now. Eh, maybe third drew LR might be a guy. Um, Did like, you just say that out loud. I, I'm just saying he might be a guy. Aiden O'Connell had a bad day. <laughs> yeah. But he was also playing in very bad weather. Yeah. Um, but like to, to, to sort of like, just like sort of bring it together. I think that, that against Illinois, it'll be tough for Michigan to hold things back because Illinois is, is, is by most advanced metrics. I mean, this weekend, notwithstanding, we'll talk about that after the break, um, a top five defense in the country. Um, And Michigan has not faced a good defense yet. Right. Like, I mean, I'm going through the schedule. Penn state has a good defense, um, I guess. But aside from that, I mean, who's the best defense? Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. So, so, okay. So, it's in, in, in both of those two, games, right? Like defenses. you play two, two good defenses against Iowa. Um, you know, McCarthy played really well against Penn state. I don't know, but I, I think that Ohio state and Illinois will be, will be the two best teams that, that Michigan plays this year. And they happen at the end of the season. So from like a narrative perspective, it's very easy to see this going, you know, this, this turning into a 10 and three year. And then suddenly you're saying to yourself, you know, is 10 and three good enough for Harbaugh? It's good enough for Michigan State. I would kill for ten and three, but is that good enough for Michigan in a year where you start nine and up or ten and zero even? Um, yep. And and I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think Michigan fans know the answer to that question. I, I do wonder if Michigan if if Harbaugh takes this team, which is very good, and goes ten and three, does, does he start looking back to the NFL where he desperately wants to return? I don't know. I don't, are you when you say ten and three is the third one you're saying is the bowl game? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying you you lose you lose a, a a very 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 pissed off um Bama. You like you get a very very pissed off Bama in like the Rose Bowl and then don't, you know, don't want knows? Bama. Don't want no, Bama. No, no. Never want Bama. Never want Bama. Um especially motivated Bama. Yeah, motivated Bama is not fun. Um but I, I I think look, like coming out of this weekend I think that like it's sort of a great the best case scenario for Michigan. Uh because you get to sort of yell at people in in film but also you won by, what was it? What did they end up winning by? 40? 52 to 35. Yeah. So they, 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 they won by, by, by 35. And you, so like you get, you get to go be pissed off at your team in film and, and keep people, you know, accountable. But the fact of the matter is, is that you won a huge, you got to, to, to use a ton of backups late in that game. I mean, that game was over with what? 20 minutes to go. Yeah. Like 25 minutes ago, like, like they scored all of those points really, really quickly in the third quarter. So essentially, you know, you, you, you got to get out of that game really quickly. I mean, how many, how many, I I still like would not draw too many conclusions from that game. They held back like a third of the team. It, it, look, it doesn't, the the fact is, is that you, you get judged based on the players who are out there, right? Like, yeah, again, it was one week. It's one week, but it, it is the third week in four where Michigan's come out flat in the first half. And, and like, I'm not saying that that matters. I'm not saying that's meaningful. I'm just saying that it, it exists. And it's the, the third time in the last four weeks where they were down at half or second time in the last four weeks where they were down at half. The other issue is that they, well, and then before that, ironically, the issue was that they were coming out and not uh, playing as well in the second half. Cause if you remember Maryland and Iowa, I mean, Iowa ended up, not as close as or the score is not as close as it was, but like Iowa was driving down yeah. seven in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, Michigan got the ball back and scored against, so they won by 13 and Maryland only missed beating Michigan with their backup quarter, basically because their backup quarterback was in. 
And also Indiana was right there. I mean, not that they were ever able to do anything offensively, but like the thing is Michigan does have appear to have a problem playing with their food. Um, and again, like, I don't know that that matters. I don't know that that is a meaningful designation because Michigan is much better than the two out of the last three teams that they play from a talent perspective and probably from a coaching perspective because Bert, but <laughs> like, like, and again, we will talk about him after the break, but like Illinois is not, is not Iowa, right? Like they do have an offense that sort of works. Um, will it work against Michigan's defense? Probably not. Does it matter? Probably not, but it, it is sort of the type of thing where it's like, if you let folks stick around who have some belief, who have some confidence and Illinois is going to have belief and confidence because they, they're having a good year. Um, then, then I think that Michigan might, might step in it a little bit, but if you ask me to bet right now, they're 11 and 0 going into the Ohio state game. And I, I think everybody is sort of on the same page about that. I think that's right. Unless, um, yeah. Unless, can I, can I just uh, say you were right about something? Yeah. I'll, our, I'll, our, I'll our receivers oh. suck. Yeah, I know. I, I told you that. <laughs> um, but like, like, but it won't matter until it matters, right? Like it, it won't matter against Illinois or Nebraska. It probably will matter against Ohio state. It won't matter if, if Michigan gets past Ohio state, it won't matter against whatever team you play in the big 10 title game. And then it will matter to hell against whoever you play in the, in the playoff. So I don't know if it's going to matter that much against Ohio state though. Cause if you want, I mean, I guess you have to take the, the weather into effect, but like if you watch that Northwestern Ohio state game, and for some reason I watched like more than half of it, um, Northwestern could run on Ohio state, okay. which isn't necessarily good news for Ohio state considering the run, you know, the run game that Michigan can bring into that one. They don't necessarily have to, uh, depend. I mean, as long as Michigan's defense can hold stout and not let Marvin Harrison and Jackson, I can't, I'm not saying his name. Smith and uh, Jigba. Myth and Jigba. JSN. Just say JSN. 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 Yeah. 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 As long as those two like. Also, also Julian Fleming. Also, um, number two, whose name I can never pronounce. Um, Ekugwa or something. And then Kate Stover. Like the thing is, is that Michigan's defense um, has a lot of problems again to, to deal with against Ohio State. I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying that, that Makari Page going up against, you know, Trey Mosley is not Makari Page going up against um you know jsn jsn or or uh harrison jr or whoever else they have to throw out there Um, i think that's like but that's the big that's the big matchup you have to worry about right because as long as michigan's defense can can rein in those guys uh you can you can lean on the run game and the run game seems to work against ohio state yeah Yeah, i mean look you can if but but the, the problem that you get into against ohio state is that if they if their offense is clicking you can't run the ball because you need, you need to keep up with their offense. Um, and so if you miss a drive or two, or say hypothetically have a problem in the red zone and start kicking field goals, suddenly it's very quickly 14 to six or seven or, you know, or 21 to six after two possessions on offense. So again, I, I don't know that it matters. I don't know that these things are sort of meaningful, but again, Michigan is held to a standard of, are they a national championship caliber team? And not everybody is. Not everybody is held to that standard. There are other standards that we hold teams to based on who they are. Um, for example, we hold Champions League. We hold Champions League teams to a standard of don't get blown out at home by Liverpool. But if you want to see them uh, in the Champions League, do you know where you would find them? Paramount Plus. Hey everybody, uh, is this a recorded ad read? It is. You have. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> do it again no just keep going just keep going uefa champions league soccer is streaming on paramount plus nine months of heart stopping hold your breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars top teams you'll note not arsenal and craziest fan bases across europe watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title, no. Against Liverpool, no. Man City, yeah, probably. Chelsea, no. PSG, come on. Barcelona, now you guys are clearly just messing with us. And more, fire, in soccer's biggest (laughs) club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time. And stream every match of the UEFA Champions League. 
live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, we'll also note that you can watch Europa League and Conference League on, on Paramount+, Plus, but they're not going to advertise for that. Golazzo. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, so let's talk Michigan State in their biggest win. I, I, I would say most, most interesting win of the Mel Tucker era. Um, and I'm, I'm going to explain why. Except for, no, I disagree. Uh, 2020 against Michigan was incredibly interesting. No, it was funny, but it didn't say anything because Mel Tucker, and, and I'm going to, I don't remember where I read this, probably someone from MGO blog because it seems like an MGO blog take. Um, but hi, Brian, you want to come on the podcast? You follow <laughs> us now. Yeah. Um, but not that Brian, the other Brian. Um, no. Brian Mack. Yeah. So, so there's the, the D'Antonio era was defined in Michigan state terms by spite. So even when you were down, it didn't really matter because you're like, you're, the hatred bubbled up regardless, but Tucker is actually a much more optimistic coach. A lot of what he's done is based on success. You know, like the keep chopping thing works. If, if eventually you chop down a tree to use the metaphor, um, like the, the, the relentless, the deep end, like the sort of the slogans, like Michigan, Mark D'Antonio didn't do that. Mark D'Antonio was fueled by hate and, Tucker is fueled by like optimism and positivity and doing it and keeping, you know, keeping, you know, not holding grudges, keeping on, you know, next play, next play, next play. Um, so in the first two years and COVID year didn't count, like it didn't matter. I, I, I don't really count COVID year. Um, but 2021, there was a lot of success. Oh, you don't count the COVID year, do you? Hmm. I mean, do you want to? Yeah, wait, Angus. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't. Like, you wanted to fire Harbaugh after that year, and the two of us were the ones saying, like, this is not a normal this year. This year doesn't count. Um, yeah. Like, look, like, I'll count the Michigan-Michigan State game because it's funny as shit. But, like, beyond that, like, like we're not taking any lessons from COVID year. In, and, I, and, I, 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 the Penn State year was also very funny. True. Um, but the – so, so the, 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 the effect of sort of 2021 was that Michigan State was successful, and it really meshed with what Tucker was doing. This year obviously has not been the case. Um, I would argue that a lot of it was due to, to injuries to the two most un, like uh, irreplaceable players on Michigan State's defense um, and the one most irreplaceable player yeah, on their yeah, offense. Right. Yeah. Like, like they, they, they got hit with injuries in places they couldn't afford to get hit with injuries. It happens. They're not very deep. They've got problems on the offensive line. It doesn't matter. This week would have been really easy to get blown out. It would have been very easy for Michigan State to get blown out this week. Um, I think that I was expecting it. I don't, I don't remember what I said going into this game. Um, but I think, I think we said that, that 10 points was not enough to, to bet on Michigan state. Um, I think the line was like, it opened at 10 and all of us were like, that's low. Um, so I, I certainly didn't have any expectations, but Michigan state came out and showed some, and I got to say it because I'm, it's funny. They showed some fight. <laughs> they showed some heart and, and like, they, they really, played a game that showed some belief and it, and, and Mel Tucker's in-game clock management stupidity aside, and it's, the, not, good. it's not good. And it's, looks, not- I watched, I watched a good, I watched most of the fourth quarter and he looks flummoxed all the time on that it's, headset. It it's, looks like everything they're telling him is like new pieces of information. Like, Oh, I don't think, I I think increasingly, I'm not sure that he's a good in-game coach. Um, I think he's a very good recruiter. I think he's a good CEO. I, I don't think he's a good in-game coach, um, which is weird because you're coming off of a coach who was a mastermind of in-game shit. Um, D'Antonio was the best in-game coach I've, I've watched closely. Um, and, and Tucker's not a very good in-game coach, but what he is good at is he is good at getting a certain amount of belief and Peyton Thorne and the defense showed a lot. I mean, and also um, they ran the ball for the first time, which was pretty cool, but you know, without getting into sort of the, the, the nitty gritty, which I can do in a second. Um, the reason why I think this was the most interesting and maybe the most important win of the Tucker era is because if they had lost this game, if they'd gotten blown out, then you could say very, very easily in year three, is this really what we want to do? 
you know, the narrative can start bubbling up. They're not going to make a bowl game. They're, they're, they're going to get blown out by every good team that, that you, you play. It would have been very easy for certain members of the media who have agendas to push that. Yeah. Um, it's not, that wasn't, those, those not, are not, not, not from the Michigan state side. Yeah. Um, those are not good fake documents. Again, his no. first year, he got hired late in the cycle because D'Antonio decided to, you know, be a little selfish there. It wasn't selfish. D'Antonio, D'Antonio had a promise from Fickle. And Fine. Fickle, Fickle went back on his promise. Like, Fine. look, anyway. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to like support the, the late D'Antonio era. He did a lot of shit that was bad. That thing was done for a specific person purpose with a specific promise. And I don't know if you've noticed, but it took D'Antonio a very long time in his like, sort of like, I'm going to go visit coaches that I like. It took a very long time for him to go to Cincinnati, even though his godson is there. Like, like it, it's, he, he, he and Fickle had some problems. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I did not follow Mark D'Antonio's post-coaching career that closely. But it's again, very like, funny. like <laughs> Tucker came in late. His first year was he didn't get anybody like in front of him for practices until what, like August? Um, yeah. It was the COVID year. Or it was yeah, actually yeah. September, I think, because I think Big Ten spent all of August. Oh, right. Right. And, and, and then, then and then it like got September. pushed back. Yeah. Right. Then it was a COVID year. He finally gets in. He, start, he gets to start recruiting towards like February, a year after he's been hired. His first year, he manages to ride some of like obviously great transfers and then some of the last like standing guides from the D'Antonio era that are worth anything. And then, yeah, like you, this is basically his second year and he had major injuries to three of his, what, four or five most important players. Like I would say, I would say he had injuries to four of his five most important players. He had injuries to uh, Henderson, Snow, Slade, Reed, and then the other one would have been Thorne. And the only game really, even in the ones that they lost and don't get me wrong, like, the Michigan State this year, even at its peak, is winning like maybe nine games. At the absolute best they could play is nine games. But the only game that they really got their asses handed to them and just whooped upside and down was Minnesota. Uh, like, Ohio State. No, they played Ohio State pretty close for a for a while, and then like. I think that I think that adding back the players they were missing would have made maybe not a win in Ohio State, but like it makes a difference. It made no difference in Minnesota. They rolled over and they played dead immediately. So, so, so I actually would would say the opposite. I I think that Xavier Henderson um, makes a huge difference on this defense. I think Jacob Slade makes a huge difference on this defense. You take those two out, suddenly you're you're bad. But it, ultimately, what what I want I want to focus on Illinois here because Illinois is a good team right? Like we believe in advanced statistics. Like, like we can joke about ha ha ha, ha ha ha, Illinois. The fact of the matter is, is that by SP plus, which we believe in on this podcast, because Bill Connolly came here and we are easily bought. Um, they were the best defense in the country coming into that game. To be fair. We also believe that SP plus SP plus before Bill Connolly came on, we're also just uh, blindly trying to get him to come back. Yes. Not, not, I'm sorry. Not blindly. Shamelessly. Shamelessly. Why. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's a good defense and Michigan state had four scoring drives. Right. And, and of the, well, sort of three, because one was coming off of a punt that went into somebody's butt, which was funny, but is not really like replicable. Um, And I think, I think that like you look at it and Michigan state's offense did what it needed to do. And this is now what three games in a row that Michigan state's defense has not been terrible. Like has, has been sort of like average. And yeah. average for this defense from where it's been the last two years, like you sort of start to say like, okay, like maybe losing your best defensive tackle, best linebacker, best safety. Um, and then your two start, you know, your, your two backup safeties, like maybe it was a problem. Um, but in this game, like there was, there was a, a serious gut check and they t- took care of business. So I think that I've, I've said now for a couple of weeks that the goal is six and six, just get to get to the, to a bowl game. And Michigan state is now four and five with two games at home that they should win. I'm not saying Rutgers is an easy win. I'm not saying Indiana is an easy win. Indiana should be an easy win, but easy win. Rutgers should be an easy win, but like it, these, sh- it should be, I, it never I is do, under Shiano. Not, it never is. He's Shiano a just like throws, ass. he throws crap out there. He's a good coach. Like, like, <laughs> This, he's, this looks like some high school shit. This oh, is shit. Like, look, Shiano's a good coach. He's a bad person, but he's a good coach. And like, you, 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 you sort of have to like, you have to take that game seriously. You have to take Indiana seriously, even though Indiana's bad. 
Um, and, and look, if Michigan state is six and five going into that Penn state game and you say, okay, like you go six and six and you go to the music city bowl, fine. Or you go seven and five and go to the GMAC mini key Metro care bowl in Shreveport. I great. Cool. But the, the thing you're just naming sponsors. I'm just naming sponsors. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> if, if they go to the Smith workforce management bowl in Fresno, California, like, great, cool. Um, you guys know a lot better than I thought you were. Yeah, we're doing great. We have, <laughs> we, we, we sponsor as many bowl, uh, bowl games as Barstool. It's a fact. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think like the thing is with Michigan state and, and I do want to say sort of one thing that I do want to point out is that they lost their starting left tackle and suddenly their offensive line got a lot better. Um, I think, I think maybe that's an indication of something. Um, Jarrett Horst is not the best left tackle for this team. No. Um, it's that's, that's just reality. Um, losing all of those places to suspension forced Michigan state to do something that they needed to do a while ago, which is play heavy people at defensive end. Um, Jalen hunt, who is 290 pounds in a defensive tackle was starting at defensive end in that game. And suddenly people couldn't run the ball. I, I know everybody's shocked about this. Um, and, and it's, it, it's, you know, the Mike Morris analogy to Chris Wormley. Like, I think Michigan State could benefit from a similar thing. Um, playing heavy people on the lines and, and fast people at linebacker sometimes works. Um, but I think a lot of the calls for Scotty Hazleton's job may be premature, maybe not. Jay no. Johnson, I think, I think did a very poor job. Um, I, wait, I don't wait, think... wait, wait, wait. You're not going to be disappointed if he doesn't lose his job? I am going to be disappointed if Scotty Hazleton does not lose his job. Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure we're all on the same. No, page. no, no. I, I make no mistake. I, I do not believe he is the right defensive coordinator for this program. Um, but I also think that like he also had a tough time because he lost his captain, right? Like he sure. lost the guy who was in charge of things. Well, and that's and, tough for any coach. Yeah, but, sure. But I it's, that, I think it's a results-based business. Yeah, I was gonna say I think that Scotty Hazleton took it worse than he actually deserved based on who he had available. But at the same time, even when he has you know full rosters available, I don't know if uh, Scotty Hazleton is the right defensive coordinator for this job. I, I mean, I think that Boston Colleges should uh, fire Jeff Hayfley, and if Michigan State can go out and get him, I think that'd be great. I mean, he was a, a successful defensive coordinator at Ohio State. He knows the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I think that you could do much worse. Um, hey, I think you want to float your idea. Probably hates Michigan. <laughs> huh? Uh, he's, he's saying Jeff Hayfley probably hates Michigan, which is probably true. Oh, I, I wanted Angus to say Pat Fitzgerald, <laughs> Michigan State's defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. That'd be funny. <laughs> uh, it would never happen, but it would, would, it would be funny. It'd be very funny. <laughs> um, you imagine, no. you imagine Pat Fitzgerald trying to take directions from anybody? No. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't had a boss since... 2003? His, yeah, 2003. His name, his name also popped up in every single Michigan coaching search since Lloyd Carr retired. Well, it's it's because the Bears. It, yeah, Michigan Michigan coaching searches will always always include Stanford and and Northwestern's head coaches because Michigan has um, an opinion of itself. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to say about Michigan State, like going into to next week against Rutgers at home. A, a noon game that they haven't had this year. I think that, that if Michigan state can take care of business against Rutgers, um, you can start sort of look at this season as like a normal failure, not a massive failure, which yeah. is sort of where we're at, right? Like you just want it to be a normal failure, not a massive failure. Well, you got to think about, again, I think at the beginning of this year, I think any reasonable Michigan state fan said that like the absolute peak, if you're doing everything right, you're probably going nine and three. If Michigan State wins out, which unlikely but not unheard of, they still finish at seven and five. So, I mean, it's not like the best you could have possibly have achieved, but that's not a bad season. It definitely had some lows, but, you know, it's, it's about where you should have expected this team to be. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to float a name for defensive coordinator now. Um, that I, I am going to push for the rest of the, the, the time that we have before Scotty Hazleton is either confirmed or fired. And that's uh, Glenn Schumann, because Glenn Schumann is the co-defensive coordinator of Georgia. And his yeah. boss right now is the other co-defensive coordinator, Will Muschamp. So Mel Tucker needs to go to Glenn Schumann and say, hey, do you not want to work for Will Muschamp anymore? <laughs> because <laughs> what if I told you that you could have, you, you could be sole defensive coordinator? Um, so In if a- he- in a conference with worse offenses. 
significantly worse offenses. That's that's maybe like the biggest takeaway. I don't know how much of the Bama LSU game you guys watch, but watching Big Almost Ten, yeah, watching Big Ten games, even the best Big Ten games, and watching those games. So the the Tennessee Georgia game, and then also the LSU Bama game. It's night and day to me. Like it's not it's not the same. And I hate to support the SEC here, but like it is a different caliber of of play. You know, it's it's yeah. it's, it's 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 faster. It's more intricate. Like it's it's wild the difference that you have. And I know that 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 Michigan and Michigan State and Ohio State um, at various points have stated that that's the goal, right? To be at that level. Um, I don't think Michigan State can get there. I think Michigan needs to start recruiting significantly better, which is wild because they already recruit at a top fifteen clip. Yeah, like the it, it, you you begin to see the difference between I'm recruiting a top fifteen class and I'm recruiting a top five class. Um, coaching still matters because Jimbo, yeah, yeah time to talk <laughs> Jimbo. Um, because I got to tell you, I'm going to finish this point and then we'll talk about Jimbo for a second. But um, like the difference between a top 15 class and the top five class is the difference between a playoff berth and, and a national championship. And I don't think Michigan is there. I, I, I don't think Michigan state can get there. Like, I don't think it's possible for Michigan state to get there. And I think Ohio state is, you know, flirts with it. Um, Clemson flirts with it too, but sometimes you, you need a quarterback and they don't have one. So tough break. Um, I need to give a big shout out to Jimbo Fisher. I want to thank Jimbo Fisher so much. He, oh, I, we owe him in Michigan state land so much because when people are making jokes about overpriced coaches who can't make a bowl game, bless his heart. He takes the heat. He is taking that heat to the head. And Mel Tucker is always the, Oh yeah. Also Mel Tucker. They open with Jimbo and we appreciate you Jimbo for being terrible. Yeah. I, I mean, and also Jimbo's worse. Jimbo's been worse than Tucker has. I mean, at least Tucker did well last year. Jimbo was what, seven and five? Jimbo is a bad coach. I mean, like, you want to get into it? Jimbo won with Bowden's players and never again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, wasn't. Was Jameis his? Or was Jameis about it? I think Jameis was his. I, I mean, if, if he came in as a redshirt freshman, he started as a redshirt freshman in 2013. I think Jimbo took over in 2012. So I think that Jameis committed to Bowden. That might be true. Yeah. So like, so like the, the best player that Jimbo recruited is like. Holy, okay, wait. So you guys know for the 2000 and 2022 college football season, uh, obviously Mel Tucker is tied for, I believe, the seventh highest paid coach. Uh do you guys know who eight, nine, and I'll give you Jimbo is 10. Do you know who guys know who eight and nine are? Because highest, it, highest paid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're way worse than Tucker. Is it, is Freeman one of them? No. Come on. Notre Dame's not going to play. Also, also Freeman is better than Tucker. By that, what metric? Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, last I checked, uh, Mel Tucker didn't lose to, to David Shaw 2022 Stanford nor Marshall. So you want to know what the really funny thing is? Huh. Number eight. David Shaw. David Shaw. Eight <laughs> million. Jesus. Number nine is even funnier because fresh off a, I believe, 45-3 shellacking at home. It's Cristobal? Mr. Mario Cristobal. Jeez, my uh, eight million dollars uh, a year. So I need to I need to speak on Miami for a second because a I I, I just want to say this when you tr- try to get better right it's easy to get mocked right like we 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 like we're never going to mock a Bama for overpaying a coach we're never going to mock a, a Georgia for overpaying a coach but we'll mock a Michigan State we'll mock a Florida State we'll or, or a, a Miami Nebraska. Nebraska absolutely Nebraska Nebraska is going nine and three every year deciding that's not good enough. <laughs> And then bringing in Scott Frost to be one of the worst college football programs in the world for five years is very funny. Very funny. But Miami, you tried. You tried. You fired Manny Diaz to go out and get Mario Cristobal. And you're losing 45-3 to three to a mediocre, a mid-Florida State team? <laughs> eh, slightly I mean, above average. They, they, I mean, what's average? Six and six. I thought you were going to say six and a half. 
<laughs> All right. Do you guys think that there's something to the Josh Gaddis talk now? Uh, I thought I thought that there was something to the Josh Gaddis talk at the time because the whole mantra that he was utilizing never meshed with what he was putting on the field. So I, I think that he he's a I think that he's a um, a PowerPoint coach. But also a lot of the talk about Gaddis from Michigan fans was racism. So I, I will still push back on it to the extent that it was that. Um, but but Gaddis is a bad coach. Like he was nothing. He's a very good process. receivers coach. I think he's a good recruiter. I think he's, he's a good recruiter and he's a good receivers coach. Yeah. I mean, but he never, when he was an offensive coordinator and successful, it was because Mike Loxley was calling plays mm-hmm. and Mike Loxley is a very good offensive coordinator. I don't think he's a good head coach, No, but he is no. a very good offensive coordinator um, in a warm weather climate, as we've seen from Maryland. Um, sure. So like, I, I think that like Gaddis is a bad coach. I think that also, I really want to give a lot of, of, of flowers to Mario Cristobal. Because uh, there is a, a five-star offensive line recruit who apparently got an offer, an NIL offer from Miami that was ridiculous. Um, Samson Okanale, uh, a.k.a. Pancake Concho. And his, apparently his top two were Michigan State and Miami. And Michigan State's boosters were not willing to match Miami's offer because it was that ridiculous. And he still hasn't committed because apparently Miami's program is an actual dumpster fire. And he's like, I'm not sure that the money is worth it to go to Miami for the next three years. Which is um, nuts. Nuts that he's considering Michigan State a more stable and normal program this week of all weeks. For half the money. Half the money. And we're talking about, just, just to be clear, what it's never been reported, the actual numbers. But the, the rumors are, we're talking about like seven figures. Um, like like mid seven figures here for for three years. Um, That's and, ridiculous. And it's ridiculous for for an offensive lineman. Um, granted, he he does have like pretty like sizable marketing potential because he is like he is very good at social media and and whatever. But like it doesn't. Matter. I thought you could say because he's very sizable. He is, but no, no. Like if if you go and follow him on on Twitter or Instagram, which you shouldn't because he's a teenager. He's a but like he has like he has his own like his own like devoted marketing brand to his like pancake honcho um, alter ego. Good for him. Yeah, no, no, it's really well done. And, and whether it's him, him himself or him, his advisors, it doesn't matter. Like he's really, really good at it. I mean, so, at like, this point, you're that high level of a recruit and you don't have a social, me- ma- uh, social media team, like, you should. You, you should. Yeah. Like, uh, like, I, like the fact that I'm not seeing Dante Moore out there all the time is, is sort of a, like an indictment of whoever's like in charge of that. Um, same with like CJ Carr. CJ Carr should should have more uh, car commercials in Detroit than like hockey players. Lloyd Carr. Lloyd Carr. Well, you know, Lloyd Carr doesn't seem to like Michigan anymore, or Michigan doesn't like Lloyd Carr. It's tough to say. What do you think, Angus? A little bit of both. <laughs> um. So so I think I think like just to, to 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 look forward to this week, I think that both Michigan and Michigan State can look to this week as like games you got to win and you sort of got to win convincingly. Um, just for like, for, for narrative purposes. Um, but, you know, in sort of the, the broader universe of games that happen this upcoming week, um, what, what game are you guys most interested in? Um, as I look up what games are actually happening. Uh, Texas TCU should be pretty interesting. Um, um, Bama Ole Miss, we get, we get Kiffin. We get Kiffin coming off a pissed off Saban. That's, that could yeah, be that's, very yeah, funny. Yeah, that's, I, I like, I like TCU, Texas. I, I mean, TCU wins that game and they win, win it convincingly, then guess what happens? TCU yeah. playoff. Um, TC- play. I mean, right now they're in the driver's seat for it. They're fourth. Yeah. Um, I, but they can I, solidify it against Texas. I, the thing is, is that if, if they, they have to go undefeated, right? Like not everybody needs to go undefeated. TCU absolutely needs to go undefeated. Um, well, yeah, I guess. Because the Big 12 kind of is all cannibalizing itself. And, and like, there's not that many games to win in the big 12, right? Like, like, who are you, who's the best team you can beat an Oklahoma state team that just got massacred the last two weeks, a Kansas state team that just lost the five and three Texas, like all five and three or six and six and two. And it's like, that makes it fun to watch. And it makes it interesting to watch as a fan. But like from a, if you're looking at this from like a playoff perspective, which we are TCU needs to go undefeated because any loss they get is going to be a bad loss. You lose to Texas, it's a bad loss, unfortunately. 
Um, even if they finish nine and three, even if they finish nine and three, because you're going to look at Texas and you're going to say like, okay, they held Bama close, but like, are they no good? other big wins? Yeah, yeah. Um, like they they smoked Oklahoma, which is funny, but like Oklahoma's but- bad. <laughs> so so I think I think like um the, the that's like sort of the game to watch. Also, um, I'm I'm very interested to see where Oregon ends up in this week's uh, rankings. Yeah. Um, because I think that Oregon being sort of hanging around and just like very quietly being eight and zero in non in games not against Georgia in Atlanta is very interesting. Um, are we, we going to talk about LSU Bama? I mean, we're almost out of time. Yeah, no, we're almost like yeah, that's true. The thing Honestly, to say about it is 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 I hate Brian Kelly, but like he did what you're supposed to do as an underdog. He went yeah. for, he uh, went for the jugular. I, yes, yes. It was it was a weird decision to kneel and go to overtime. So the, I, I, that was I, weird. Yeah, we were talking about it at the time, and I agreed with you in the moment. Like in the moment, it it you you I would have liked for him to go try to do something, but with twenty one seconds, like you sort of say to yourself, like okay, of all of the outcomes here, what what percentage of the time does Will Anderson come off the edge and strip sack you, and then suddenly it's a, a field goal to win for Alabama, and like. Are those odds better than, you know, overtime? I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's defensible as much more so than I did last night when I was, when I was watching the game, when I was watching the game, I, I I'm with you. I thought it was dumb, like go for the win in regulation, but with, you know, sort of with the benefit of, 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 of a night's sleep, like I get it a little bit. I don't agree well, with it. Daniel, I still don't agree with it. Jane and Daniel, yeah, I don't agree with it. Uh, chaotic to say yeah. that. And like sometimes that works, e.g., every game he played against Michigan State. But it's like sometimes like he he could absolutely throw try to go to the sideline and throw a pick six on and out. Like yeah. like it absolutely could happen. Yep. Um. So again, like I don't agree with it necessarily. I, I think you should try to win that game when you can. But you know, ultimately, like Kelly got it done against the team that that it's really hard to get it done against. Um, yeah. I, I I do think the best assessment of it is. This is what Bama looks like with normal five-star receivers, not Julio Jones, Devontae Smith, Jalen Weddle, five-star receivers, right? Like when they're just much better, Jameson not Jameson Williams, right? Like, like when they're just like normal, amazing wide receivers, not best wide receiver we've seen in this generation, somehow five times in a single generation. Um, it's interesting. They're beatable, which is interesting to note. It also goes back to the running backs too. And you know what, honestly, you know what I think, uh, maybe the best. I'll say the best two games this this week, this upcoming week. Uh, I think Georgia going to Mississippi State should be interesting. Well, let me say it has the potential to be interesting because the the range of outcomes for any game involving Mike Leach is so wide that I can't ever like accurately say anything about like and like being excited for a Mississippi State game that isn't the Egg Bowl because that just is weird every year. And then uh, UCF is travel ranked UCF, which uh, they're 25th. They're still ranked going to rank Tulane uh, might actually be one of the better games. This, this yeah, season. that's like, that's, that's a game to watch. Um, also, I, I did mention Oregon. They're playing Washington, which is like their big rival. Um, so like that's, it's in Autzen. It's that game is in Autzen. Yeah. Um, so, so should be, should be an Oregon win. The, the only other game I want to, I want to talk about is, um, is, is the fact that, that Clemson plays Louisville and Louisville is bad and Clemson is fine, but I, I, and, and Louisville is actively trying to tank their own coach. I could see a situation in which Clemson decompensates and Louisville pulls like a Wake Forest on them. I'm and it would be very funny. Louisville's been actively been trying to, uh, fire Steve, uh, Satterfield. Scott, Scott Satterfield. Scott Satterfield. Um, for like six weeks, there was like a confirmed rumor that had he lost to Virginia, he I think it was Virginia, he was getting fired. Since that rumor has come out, they've won four games. Yeah. They're doing it despite him. Like, like they they I really think that the players on the field, because Satterfield wants out. I think the players on the field are like, no, 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 you're stuck this here with us. Funny. Yeah, this is funny. <laughs> and like, we're accidentally going to get a we nine and three. You can't leave. <laughs> so um, I, there's a lot to, to look forward to, not the least of which is, is um, 
on Wednesday, dear listener, uh, we will have our immediate reaction to the World Cup was- roster drop. Um, it'll be disappointing or exciting, depending on you know how you feel about things. But um, you can find our panelist, uh, Nerd Angus, on Twitter at Nerd Angus. Nerd Angus, do you have any thoughts about uh, the World Cup qualifying or the World Cup roster drop? Uh, y- yeah, says Ricardo Pepe on it. <laughs> yes. It hasn't, it hasn't been dropped yet. But we, yes. Oh, uh, 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 no, I, I don't. Excellent. I, uh, you I can, don't. <laughs> you can find my co-host, uh, uh, Napoleon Gregg, at MrMojoRising89 on Twitter. Uh, send him all of your takes about why Notre Dame is really the future of college football. Uh, you can find me at Diamonds Esquire or at the main account at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Um, special thank you to our sponsors, uh, Smith Workforce Management Group, uh, whoever Blue Wire decides to put in, Paramount Plus, um, Paps Blue Ribbon. Uh, also, I do want to say we might actually, like, this is not a joke. We might actually create an Instagram because Twitter might not be a thing soon. So, you know, like we're not even joking. Like we might pivot to Instagram and pivot. (laughs) Screw you, Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, Sucks. Uh, Anyways. uh, So please uh, like subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your local funds and fan. They could probably use some jokes. Um, But as always, dear listener, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much. And we will see you next time. Podcast Network.